Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Vault Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison. Today on the show, we're going to be talking Victory Monday. Tennessee beating Vandy. Uh, SEC recap. Uh, go over all the games. Florida losing a big one. Uh, what Gus Malzahn and Auburn's future are. And then also talk about Tennessee going into Texas A&M. What kind of chances do we have? So, let's start the show. So, before I get into the show, got to shout out our sponsor at BetOnline. Uh, last week, I gave you a couple locks of the week with the NFL, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, NFL games. I gave you Texans versus Bears with the over. I mean, come on. I definitely thought that was going to hit. They scored 37 points in the first half. How could that not hit? All I needed was 10 more. I got six points in the second half. So a little upset about that. But the Steelers versus Bills, this is one I was very uh, comfortable with. I gave you the under. And I did it before they even put out the 48.5 points. Hit that. So feeling good on that one. Uh, I got two more locks coming in. I got Chiefs minus four over the Saints. I think... The way uh, Mahomes played this past week through a couple interceptions, I think he wants a little more redemption. Uh, I think he's going to be fired up. This is, uh, you know, a really good team in the in the NFC, and he, you know, wants to prove that he can go out there and compete. And then the Dolphins minus two and a half over the Patriots. I think the Dolphins are a really good team. I think the fact that they were able to you know, disrupt and, you know, take away from Patrick Mahomes like that, imagine what they'll do to Cam. So I think it's going to be more than two and a half points. So I'd take the Dolphins there. Um, so those are my two locks, all right? Uh, so with the Bet Online, the NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Victory Monday, baby. I am uh, definitely happier than I've been in, you know, the six weeks where we lost every game. Uh, yes, it's Vandy. 
but still puts you in a good mood. Also, our basketball team is really good too, and it's fun to watch. Um, and one thing about watching the uh, basketball games is I think I got so used to watching NBA basketball where they play absolutely zero defense and it's just score, 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 score that now seeing defense being played, legit defense being played, it's almost strange. It's almost weird to see. I love it. Uh, You know, as a football player, Whenever I played basketball, that's all it ever was. Because I was not a very good shooter. I couldn't make shots to save my life. So it was all about defense, defense, defense. So I love to see it. And I'm glad that our basketball team is good. Because it kind of helps make up for the football down trend right now. But it's Victory Monday. Okay? Got to be positive. So takeaways from the game, I think this is the only game on the schedule that makes sense to play two different quarterbacks. You know, last week, you're just starting out, and it's a game where you're really not sure if you're going to win because Florida is rolling at that point. But, uh, I mean, versus... a this kind of team, I mean, Vandy is pretty much our, like, North Texas of the season. You know, just a game later on that's a gimme um, that we can win pretty easily, and it's where you can try different stuff. So if any game on the schedule would be a game to play two quarterbacks, it's this one. I saw people were, you know, upset that uh, Pruitt took out Harrison Bailey. He was 100% completion percentage. Yes, exactly. We're trying to see who is it going to be. And at at this point, it's playing for the future. All these games are to determine, okay, who is going to be the quarterback for the future. And if you have them competing against each other real time in a live game, it makes it so much better for both of them. It makes it to where they're going to be competing even more. Um, it, it's almost more important to them while they're out there. So Harrison Bailey killed it, played amazing. Um, I've never seen someone throw a better little wheel route in the flats than him. I mean, he leads the receiver perfectly every time. I love it. Um, and I think this game really stood out as, hey, Harrison Bailey's it. He's going to be the one to take us to where we want to go. Um, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, the growth that he's had over this year. Getting a full offseason with spring ball, training camp, understanding the offense more. I mean, hopes are going to be high at the beginning of the season next year. I know a lot of people are, are pissed they you know want Jeremy Pruitt out but he's gonna be here he's gonna be here next year so with Harrison Bailey on the team and starting at quarterback I feel pretty confident that our our team can be good I I I really do so I'm excited about Harrison Bailey I really am I think 
some other things I saw, I love Gray and I love Chandler. I think they're great running backs. But sometimes I feel like they just don't make any moves while they're running the ball. Uh, I feel like they just duck their head, cover the ball with two hands, try not to fumble, and kind of fall into tackles. I mean, make a move. Juke a guy out. Uh, run over somebody. Um, give a stiff arm. I, I don't think I've seen a stiff arm out of either of them. You know, I I, I want to see the, the John Kelly stiff arm that we saw a while back. Uh, that power he had, you know. Um, I want to see him run through somebody like Jalen Hurd did. Those are, those are two guys that I love to watch run. And I, I just feel like they're not using all the skills that they have they're really good running backs and sometimes i feel like they're just going down leaning forward they're not necessarily uh trying to get extra yards and you know i know you don't want to be fancy but come on man you can do this (laughs) you're you're a sec running back for a reason so i think they can do more i'd love to see more of it but you know who knows I like the way our defense played, too. Uh, Henry Toto is just a freaking beast. Um, you know, our our run defense is crazy good. Uh, now, I mean, Vandy's not a great offensive team, but uh, our pass defense struggles, man. And I swear, and I, I will keep saying this over and over, you have to have elite, elite, dogs in your secondary to run man coverage all the time you got to have athletic mobile linebackers to play man coverage versus the slot receivers and tight ends and i mean they're athletic but dude you're putting them in a tough spot i mean last week you could see easily what i mean trying to play man coverage on tony in the slot for florida it was ridiculous and you know, at Alabama, it, it was real easy to play man coverage. You had so many good good athletes out there and five stars. It was, you know, they could hold their own. Um, but, dude, man coverage gets you beat a lot. I, I just feel like you should switch it up. I, it's like 80% of what we do is man coverage. And when you do that and teams spread you out and you have a five-man box, it makes it easier to run the ball. So that's always dangerous. I mean, there was obvious times. I mean, Arkansas took advantage of us doing that. Uh, Just spreading it out. Made a five-man box. There's five offensive linemen. So hat on a hat, running back gets out. That's just how it works. Um, So I just feel like throw in some zone. Mix it up a little bit. Don't... (laughs) Don't necessarily just always run man and always show that you're running man. I mean, teams are, you know, using motion to see that, oh, yeah, they're running man coverage. Obviously, we can take advantage of this. Mix it up. Make it look like zone. Make it look like man and then run zone. I, You know, I just, that will always get to me. I am just always a proponent of being more balanced offensively and defensively. The more balanced you can be, the better. The more a team doesn't know what you're going to do, the better. You know, I always hated the Big 12 football where it's just pass, 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 pass all the time. 
no defense and you know each team scores 50 points it's like oh yeah that's very exciting but like it, it's so one-dimensional you know I, I feel like that's very easy to to figure out when you're so one-dimensional so i just you know hope we're a little more balanced on defense um i think jeremy pruitt the the one thing he has struggled with is is the quarterback position Obviously, you know, everybody's, everybody said that and it's, it really comes down to deciding what is best right now and what is best for the future. And I think he didn't have that figured out. He didn't understand that concept, you know, at the beginning of the season with your other quarterbacks, not getting much work, they, uh, aren't showing much in practice, which is the only place you can see them. They're, you know, they're not quite understanding the offense. So you think, okay, I'm going to have to put the oldest guy that I got in Garantano and put him out there. And, uh, you know, he's won before, so he's going to have to start for us. And then the first two games, we do really well. And, you know, our offense is humming. We're, you know, we're moving it down the field. We're we're doing pretty well, and you know everything seems okay. But you know, as soon as it starts to change, you got to understand somebody else needs to be in. But here's the part where it's just like it's so tough because we go into Kentucky. Garantano throws two pick sixes. We're down fourteen nothing. So immediately, Coach Pruitt sit. I'm putting JT Shroud in. He's the closest thing I've seen in practice. He hasn't gotten a chance to play before. He throws a pick immediately. And it's just like, oh my gosh, like I don't have anybody on the bench that's ready right now. You know, I don't I don't have anybody that that is available at this point. So he puts Garantano back in. You know, the 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 uh Georgia game before the Kentucky game, we're winning at halftime. We're playing like the game is a good game. We're playing very well. Garantano's got some deep ball touchdowns. It looks like it's good. And then in the third quarter, he implodes, throwing an interception, fumbling it two times. It you know one is a scooped score. It's you you can't see that coming. You can't know that that's going to come after. You know, two and a half games of pretty good play. He's been consistent, uh, you know, not turning the ball over. You know, this is his last year. You think he's kind of flipped the switch. And at that point, you're like, well, Georgia's a really good team. They're a really good defense, so it makes sense. Kentucky happens. He immediately tries to put in another quarterback. Quarterback fails. Okay. We go into other weeks. We go into um, Arkansas. He tries to put in more quarterbacks. He tries Brian Maurer out in the second half. It's it's still a game at that point. He freaks out. He's uh, you know running around in the pocket, even though he's got great protection, and, and it's obvious he does he doesn't quite know what's going on. So he puts Harrison Bailey in, and Harrison Bailey doesn't quite know what's going on. He is an understanding uh, where the wide receivers are going to be. 
Uh, he's throwing check downs every time because he doesn't quite understand the, you know, what we were needing at that point with the scores because he's a freshman and, you know, that'll happen with freshmen. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying, like, it, it, it there's a learning curve. So, he, you know, he's not, he doesn't quite understand. So he's struggling through that whole thing. And then, you know, as soon as he got some coaching on the sideline, he was able to, you know, put the ball downfield and, and, and get us in scoring range. And then, you know, Auburn game, try JT Shroud out. You know, he's not doing well. He's freaking out. <laughs> you know, like I, there is consistency in these games where Jeremy Pruitt has put out other quarterbacks and said, hey, I need you to step up. I need you to perform like, let, like, let's go do this. Like this is your opportunity. And they haven't been able to, they haven't been able to step up to the plate. And that's the reason why Garantano stayed in as long as he did, you know, as soon as, soon as we got the, the two week gap where it was like obvious Garantano is not the, the one to lead us to a victory. Okay. Now we're competing and practicing and we're going to figure out who it is. And we're going to compete during a game. We're going to figure out who it is. I don't think Garantano sees the field again. Um, And, I mean, it makes sense. Like, would you really think back to everything that has happened over the course of the year? If you had a starting quarterback win two games to start the season, was up for half of the third game versus the number three team in the nation that week. Uh, and, you know, the best defense in the SEC at that point. And then, you know, some crazy stuff happens. You start them versus Kentucky. You would. It, that, it wouldn't make sense to start somebody else. So then he just goes downhill and throws the two pick sixes. And, all right, bench him. Let's put another guy in. Another guy fails at his opportunity. And every game after that, Jeremy Pruitt was trying to put in another quarterback, trying to get them to step up to the plate, trying to get them to understand that this was their opportunity, and they ha- they didn't do it. Every time, they, they struggled. They struggled. They struggled. They, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And... and, and I mean, that's exactly what happened. That is what the season was, is, you know, us trying to find a quarterback and the backups just didn't do it. When Peyton Manning first got to start and, and like, got to get into the game, he took advantage as a freshman. And he balled out, uh, understood the game plan, stayed consistent, and then on it was history. So, you know... That's what you have to do. If you're going to go out there and underperform, you're not, I mean, I can't trust you to be out there. That's it. That's what it comes down to. So, I mean, when you really look at it, it kind of makes sense. The quarterback situation that's happened. I mean, yeah, I guess you could have put Harrison Bailey out there versus Kentucky, started it versus Kentucky with, you know, one quarter 
of bad play by Garantano over the season and put him out there versus Kentucky and just have him get rocked. Uh, it, you know, he would have probably gotten crushed a few times, not understanding where to throw the ball. He probably would have had a few interceptions also. Um, and it's, a uh, hey, we're giving up on the season. Like, that's what it would have been. If you put him out there, hey, look, we're giving up on this season. We're working for next year. And at that point, you only have one loss in the SEC. You don't want to say I'm giving up. You want to try and keep fighting. I mean, one loss can still get you to the SEC championship. So that's why I think he kept Garantano in there. You know, he didn't want to give up on the season. That's simple. So I don't know. I just, I feel like I would probably make the same decisions. I mean, I would keep my, you know, fifth-year quarterback in there versus Kentucky to start. And then as soon as he messed up like he did, I'd bench him, try somebody else out. But then the person behind him messes up. The people behind him are screwing up in practice. They're not understanding the game plan. They're freaking out once they get in. And your hands are tied. So I think, you know, the past two games where he's tried two quarterbacks is good. Let's us know who we're going to have for the future. And it's Harrison Bailey. And I really believe he can win big games for us. Even next year. And I really hope a lot of guys come back. Um, or you know, I hope they don't try and go out this year. You know, they they have that extra year of eligibility. And you know, our offensive line is is figuring themselves out too. Uh, with you know, Cooper Mays starting at center. This was another move of we're playing for the future. We're not we're not you know going for right now. We're playing for the future. Cooper needs reps. He needs experience. And, you know, him getting a chance to play these last three games and start is big for him. It's, I mean, it's really going to help. Um, it, you know, it kind of stinks that, that Cade wasn't there to uh, just help him through it because having a veteran right next to you when you're first starting is, is I mean, it's amazing. It, it makes everything so much easier. So I still think he played okay for, for a freshman and, you know, I think he keeps his head out of things a little bit. Uh, he got push-pulled a lot. Um, and, you know, just working, sitting back on his pass protection, I think he'll be okay. And I think he'll be a good offensive lineman for us, you know, f- four years, for four years. Uh, so I, I'm excited. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the growth that he's going to, you know, and I'm a little biased, obviously. He went to Knoxville Catholic, and, you know, I knew him all through high school. And, you know, I remember the first UT camp he came to. I was at UT and, like, helped him with one-on-one drills. So, I love Cooper. I think he's going to be a great player for us. So, I'm excited for that. And I'm always so positive. And, I, I don't, you know, I, I wish I could be a regular fan and, you know, be pessimistic uh, and, you know, be mad about everything. But I, I always try and think positive. It's just who I am. I always have a little bit of different perspective of those guys playing, of those guys coaching, because I was there. 
And I was there when it was really bad. So I just feel for them. I feel for them. I understand how hard it is. I understand what they're going through emotionally, physically, everything. And I, I, you know, I want to believe in them. I want them to do a good job. So it's hard for me to be, you know, down and, and pissed off and everything like that. You know, I, I hate losing, but I always try and stay positive with it. And that's just, that's just cause of who I am and what I've gone through in life. And, that's always helped me more than hurt me. So I just wanted to recap the game before I did the SEC recap. And then I will talk about us going into Texas A&M. All right. So let's start the uh, SEC recap uh, for this past week. So first game up is Alabama versus Arkansas. Alabama wins 52-3. to uh, Alabama's Mac Jones was 24 for 29 for 208 yards. Um then they had uh, Jace McLennan, who was actually is actually a freshman, uh, had nine carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Arkansas's Felipe Franks was eight for 10 for 90 yards, and Traylon Smith had 19 carries for 69 yards. Alabama absolutely crushed them. Uh, actually played a lot of their backups. Uh, I think they're you know getting ready for the SEC championship versus Florida. And Arkansas had four turnovers. So, you know, when you turn the ball over that much, especially versus Alabama, that's what's going to happen to you. So, tough day for old Sammy P down there in Arkansas. Uh, next game, we got Georgia versus Missouri. Georgia wins 49-14. to uh, Georgia's JT Daniels was 16 for 27, 299 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Zamir White had 12 carries for 126 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Missouri's Connor Bazelak was 17 for 28, 139 yards and interception. And Larry Roundtree III had 14 carries for 16 yards, one touchdown. He also had four receptions for 35 yards. I mean, in the beginning of the season after we played Missouri, I said they were just figuring out their offense and they're actually going to be good this year. They ended up being good, going you know on a five-game winning streak. Um, but you know Georgia's more superior team, and you know the run game is what decided it. You know Larry Roundtree's been good all season, and you know only holding him to 16 yards by that defense is huge. And you know Georgia's running backs are going off. They had another uh, guy run over 100 yards too. Uh, not just Zamir. So, I mean, that's that was the deciding factor on the game. Um, next up, we got Auburn versus Mississippi State. Auburn wins 24-10. to 10. Uh, Auburn's Bo Nix was 15 for 32, 125 yards, one touchdown. He also had seven uh, carries for 24 yards and a touchdown. Tank Bigsby had 26 carries for 192 yards. Uh, Mississippi State's Will Rogers was 30 for 51, 221 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Jaden Whaley had eight receptions for 100 yards. This was a pretty boring game. Uh, the first touchdown wasn't until the fourth quarter. Uh, so it was a bunch of field goals back and forth until then. And I think that might be the reason. It, it's not the reason, but 
part of the reason why Gus Malzahn was fired. Um, you know, he's supposed to be the offensive guru, the offensive mastermind, and, you know, he couldn't get a touchdown until the fourth quarter. And, I, you know, when I had J-Boy on uh, last week, you know, he talked about wanting uh, Gus out and, you know, wanting to go for Hugh Freeze. It looks like they're going to be the team to do it. Uh, now, this happened before where, you know, Hugh Freeze was up for a um, a coordinator job at Alabama and SEC said no. Uh, they didn't want that um, name back. They didn't want the uh, stuff that comes along with it. So I think he's the number one candidate for that job. I wonder if it'll be announced this week, if... You know, he might be waiting for something else to open up. But, uh, you know, like I, I told you guys before, I I don't see Jerry Brewer getting fired this year. I just don't think it's going to happen maybe next year. Uh, but it just isn't time yet. Now, if he would have lost to Vandy, he would have gotten fired for sure. But we crushed him like, you know, everybody else did this year. And... uh Auburn's looking for a new head coach. And, I mean, it's tough because Gus Malzahn, you know, took you to a national championship. Uh, and he's done some great things for you. Uh, SEC championships. And, you know, he's been a good coach over the eight years he's been there. He's got like a 66 win percentage, 66%. And... uh it's just crazy that, you know, really good coaches will get fired, you know, like the Mark Ricks when he was at Georgia. It, you know, it's a tough, tough, it's a tough place in the SEC. And I think uh, Nick Saban has made it almost impossible uh, for a lot of other coaches uh, to last just because of his success. I mean, I don't think there's been any other uh, program that has had the run that Alabama has had over the past, you know, 12 years now, it's it, it's incredible. And uh, it makes everyone else in the SEC strive for such high, high, high win totals and high numbers. And, I mean, it's always going to be hard to beat Nick Saban, no matter who you are. So, wish well for Auburn. Um uh, they're probably going to get Hugh Freeze, so sorry to let everybody down. And last but not least, we have LSU versus Florida. Uh, LSU wins 37-34. to 34. Uh, LSU's Max Johnson was 21 for 36, 239 yards, and three touchdowns. He also ran the ball a little bit, too, so he's got some wheels on him. Uh, Kayshawn uh, Bouet had five receptions for 108 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Florida's Kyle Trask was 29 of 47, 474 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, Kadarius Tony had nine receptions, 182 yards, and one touchdown. Crazy game. Um, Kyle Trask literally lost Florida the chance for a national championship, lost his Heisman, uh, hopes and lost this game for Florida. Um, it's almost a curse of Tennessee 
because five of the six teams that played us and beat us the week, the next week they lost. So I don't know what that means, but I looked it up and that happened. Alabama was the only one. Um, I mean, three turnovers. One of the picks was just ridiculous. Obviously, it, it shouldn't have been. I mean, amazing play by the LSU defense. But those three turn. I mean, three turnovers decided it. Uh, a lot of MAs by the Florida defense. They, I mean, leaving guys wide open for LSU. I'm not sure what was going on. I mean, one time they ran <laughs> corner blitz on both sides uh, and didn't cover. And uh, a fog rolled in and changed the camera angle. I loved it. Um, that is the exact camera angle you know we used to watch film uh, when you're in college and in the pros. And it, I love that camera angle. It makes you can see everything so much better. It's the video game camera angle, and I think they should use it more during games. I I, I absolutely love it. Uh, and. You know, Florida got away from the run game. They, they, you know, got down, so they started passing a lot. And that's just not who they are. They're more balanced team. Um, they like to run as much as they throw. You know, even games where Kyle Trask threw it 39 times, they ran, they ran it 38. So they were very balanced all through the year. And they got out of that. And that's what happened. You know, you can't put it on the on the kicker. Uh you know, LSU wouldn't even have got that last field goal if it wasn't for uh, Marco Wilson throwing a shoe and just being a selfish dude. I, that is so Florida attitude, and I freaking hate it. That is exactly how all of their defensive players have been, uh, you know, the whole time I was playing there. Just, I mean, just sore winners, sore, sore winners, and it bit them in the butt. I mean, what a great weekend where Tennessee football wins, Tennessee basketball wins, Titans wins, and Florida loses. <laughs> I love it. Kyler is a happy man right now. It's Victory Monday. All right, so with that, um, let's go into Tennessee versus Texas A&M. I think this will be a closer game than everyone thinks. Texas A&M is still playing for a possible chance to be in the college football playoffs now that Florida has lost that second game. So they're still motivated. Uh, you know, but Ohio State is right there. Ohio State has to really lose for uh, Texas A&M to have a chance. And, uh, but I think the confidence coming off a win it doesn't matter if it's a bad Vandy team. Just confidence coming off a win, a win really helps. I I think it, this game would have been huge to have before we played Florida. Just gone out there, beat the brakes off of them, start to feel yourself again, stop that you know losing drought that we had, and then uh, you know get to play Florida and Texas A&M. It, it really would have helped. I think. This game will be closer than the Florida game was. Um, you know, even into the second half, it'll be closer. And even though Texas A&M is better than Florida, they beat Florida earlier. Uh, I have a lot of confidence in us. I think Harrison Bailey's figuring himself out. I hope that he plays the entire game. That Jeremy Pruitt has decided. He's it. He's the one to go forward and 
we keep him in. And I want to see what he does for an entire game. I think he's a great player. I think he's understanding the offense more. Um, and I think he can really make our wide receivers shine. I, I, You know, they haven't gotten a lot of shine all year. Josh Palmer is such a great, great receiver for us. And, you know, he's moving on. He's going to the Senior Bowl this year. Uh, really happy for him. And I hope, it, you know, he, he can go out with a bang here, his last game. Get a touchdown or two uh, from the kid. Because, honestly, Harrison really needs to work on his deep ball. That's the one thing he struggles with. He's overthrowing a lot of the uh, receivers, which, honestly, is better than underthrowing because that leads to interceptions. Uh, so, I think this, you know, is a good problem to have. You throw it too hard. Uh, that's, uh, that's a pretty good problem to have. Um but I love I love this matchup. I, I think we're I think we're going to do great. I think uh, you know Weidermeyer is their big offensive weapon at Texas A&M, and you know playing man coverage like our defense does is tough, especially when you're covering Tony, who's a quick, fast guy. But Weidermeyer is just a big tight end, and I think our linebackers will be a little bit better in coverage versus him. I think Henry Toa Toa can keep up with him. And, uh, you know, just blanket them. You know, that's their biggest threat. And I think if we concentrate on that, we can stop them uh, defensively. And, you know, we focus on that run game on the offensive side, play action passes, uh, give, you know, Harrison those little screens out to the side, give him some easy – you know, turnaround routes from the wide receivers, uh, curls, it, it'll be good. It'll be good. I, I can't wait for next week. I, I'm positive right now. I think we can get our get our fourth win of the year. I, re, I really do. Uh, and I don't know if that is uh, just blind optimism because, like I've already said, I'm always so positive. But uh, I can't help it, man. I love Tennessee. I love UT football. I want him to do great. I want to root for him every time I see him on the television and believe that they can win because I really think that, you know, someone can win any given Saturday. No one thought LSU was going to beat Florida, and look what happened. So no one thinks we're going to beat Texas A&M. Who knows? Who knows? All I know is I'm excited. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you guys uh, listening today. Um, make sure and rate and subscribe, share, uh, tell all your friends, uh, follow me on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, at Kyler Kerbison. You can also find the number to call on there. Uh, leave me some questions. I'll try to answer them on the show. And as always, go Vols. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. 
There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.